Hello, sweet angels. This is Mel here. I hope everyone is doing amazing this week. I can see how beautiful you look from here, so that's a start. A quick couple of notes before we bring you our rendition of Abducted in Plain Sight. This is an episode from the This is Trash archives, and I wanted to mention a few things. Before we got more into true crime, we would take on stories with much more critique. Like many who watched this documentary, it was shocking. Memes were made. But we don't want to take away from the trauma suffered by Jane's parents. They were victims too. We do speculate a lot on why they did what they did, but we cannot speak for them. Also, great news! Mexico's legal age of marriage went up quite a bit since the 70s and is no longer 12. Just know that we will go at that segment a little hard and don't want to be insensitive to our South American listeners. A nuestros hermosos oyentes sudamericanos sin ánimo de ofender. Amamos a México y no pensamos menos en su país según las leyes de los años 70. Thank you. Now on with the show. Hi, my name's Jamie, and I hate my wife. Hi, I'm Mel, and I just need some relief. And And this this is Trash. trash. So, um, we're ending our notorious November. Mm -hmm. We were just shooting around some ideas, and we thought, let's just, like, watch a documentary, but we're not going to do our regular, you know, kind of couch commentary style with a million audio tracks and, like, a play-by-play but um, that's exactly what ended up happening. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's a good format. It's a lot of work. And I think we're like, yeah, let's just shoot the shit. We'll watch something. We'll talk about it. If we get pe- forget people's names and dates, oh, no, wait. We can't really forget people's names and dates. So yeah, we'll just write down the names we'll, and dates. Exactly. That's, that's it. it. And then 10 pages later, because I'm like, I'll just write it down, because I prefer writing over mm-hmm. typing. And I'm like, I'm only going to need one page. <laughs> For the names and the I dates. I literally have nine pages yeah. of fucking scribbled notes that I'm going to have to try and read my own shit writing over. <laughs> I can't wait. I know. The mistakes will be glorious. Yeah. And then we also were like, let's do something light and breezy. We've had some pretty serious conversations. Yeah, I've so been depressed. Let's do something like conspiracy theory, like yeah. who done it kind of shit. So we kind of Googled that stuff and I was reading things mm-hmm. off and Mel was like, that's the one. That one has all the twists and turns. Except that it's also a really... <laughs> fucking brutal story it's so dark it's so dark so we'll just preface by saying that this story does talk about rape and abduction and pedophilia of people who are obviously like underage and aliens and aliens so like trigger warning for all of those things yeah like don't listen to this if you want like ancient aliens type shit because you're gonna get something like just soul-sucking and crushing yeah exactly mixed with the like pedophilia yeah which is just terrible mixed with this truck going by that I hope creates a beautiful ambiance. <laughs> yeah. When we're watching this documentary, we're hearing it from the mouths of these people mm-hmm. that went through it and they're doing okay. Yeah. And they are true. empowered by the shit that's happened to them. So like I do want to preface with that. Like these aren't people who are completely broken and their lives were destroyed. Like yes, for a while their lives were fucking terrible. Yeah. But they've taken that and they've built on it and they're doing good now, so mm-hmm. 
I feel okay talking about these things and you know there are some moments in it that make us go what the fuck yeah and we have a laugh about it and it's never at the expense of the victims no ever. it's just at the expense of how fucked up the situations are yeah. and like you know the decisions that are being made by like adults mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know never the children involved or exactly. anything like that but exactly yeah and like we've said a bunch of times like we might laugh at stuff yes this shit is dark but that's our natural response is to mm-hmm. kind of twist it in a way that it's like digestible and isn't gonna just fucking ruin your shit so if you're down for for the ride then like let us strap in yeah what are we actually talking about oh (laughs) yeah we're gonna we're gonna be covering abduct in plain sight i know that this went viral a little bit because of some things that happen in in the documentary yeah um but it's a story that you hadn't heard of before and i've seen twice because i watched it with aaron and then I immediately was went to visit my sister and was like, we sit down. And now a third time. And now a third time. <laughs> so I'm really I'm reliving it all again. Um, and it's pretty fucking brutal. So let's start off with what originally we were gonna do. We had only listed down names and who they were. Yeah. So we meet Bob Broberg, the dad, Jan, um, the big sister, and she's the abductee. Yes. What we learn about. Uh, Marianne Broberg is the mom, Karen is the youngest sister, and Susan is the middle sister. And then begin all of the notes. Okay. So, um, we start the story with um, the introduction to Bob, a.k.a. B. Yeah. um, Birch. Birch told? Birch told. So he is, this is like, okay, we're going to, we're going to just start off first of all. It's like 1974 because you're going to be like, how the fuck is all this shit going on? Yeah. It was 1974. It was a different time. Yeah. We've hopefully learned since then. Yeah. The Brobergs Um, are living a super happy, normal Mormon family life. Yeah. We didn't even learn that they were Mormon until until like halfway into this. And we were like, Jesus Christ, it kind of makes a little bit more sense now. As as to how this should And again, you know, not to say that all like Mormons and their beliefs are like fucked, but there are certain, you know, aspects and certain extremists. There's certain amount of Just toler- like any religion. Yeah. There's extremists. And also tolerance. Yeah. As long as you're in the same religion, apparently yeah. this is just fine. Yes. So we get introduced to B, Birch Told, and he's a neighbor that moves into the neighborhood and he's just super charming. Yeah, And super he's nice. like sending them flowers. They have, him and his wife Gail have like... Five, five of their kids. own kids. So as Jan explained, she's like, there is a best friend for everybody. Yeah. Like dad, best yeah. friend, mom, best friend. All the kids had best friends. And of course they met him at church. Yes. And the like mom, Marianne, is like, that's perfect. You have kids. We yeah. have kids. Gail, you're a little quiet. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't understand why the wife is <laughs> a little we're quiet. Nice. Yeah, but we're nice. And I have in my notes, he bought them a fruit basket one night. So now everyone is like legit best friends. Yeah. Like, edible arrangements. Edible arrangements. Makes a fucking new friend. Yeah, exactly. And uh, we learn a little bit early on, uh, Marianne, and I'll just keep reiterating because we have a lot of names. That's the mom. Uh, she says that he had a special fascination with Jan that both Bob and I found disturbing. And my question is, so why did you let him come over and then take this slideshow of boudoir photos that they show us of Jan, like, laughing and giggling on the couch? She's got her legs out in, like, a little nightgown and stuff. I'm like, what the fuck? And you could see, like, in the pictures, you could definitely tell, like, I mean, she's fully clothed and she probably was just, like, being a child, rolling around laughing and he was probably like, kick your leg up like you're an airplane. Snap, 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 you know. Hold on, like, I've got the Polaroid... Yeah, get those crotch yeah. shots yeah. in there. Oh, I'm and 
And I'm just like, like, like you said, she was like, oh, we felt uncomfortable with his fascination. And it's like, my question is, why did people in the 70s and 80s just like prefer allowing bad things to happen to their kids than confronting situations and feeling uncomfortable? Like, this seems to be a pattern in any story that I hear about horrible things happening to children and whatnot. Like, on the show Intervention, I swear to God, everybody's story is... When I was young, this my happened. uncle, yeah. you know, or my family friend did something horrible to me. My parents, instead of, they were like, we didn't want to put... We didn't want to ruffle any feathers. So we just stopped talking to him, but maybe saw him occasionally when we went shopping yeah. in our small town. And yeah. you still had to see him everywhere you went and be reminded by his, your trauma. Yeah, but, um, yeah, Jan didn't feel like anything was different. She just felt like he was her second father. And he even came up with a little nickname for her, which yeah. was Dolly. A splattering of clouds were set on fire by the rays of the setting sun. I looked at my dolly. Her face was aglow. She reached out and took my hand and said, I love you. I returned, I love you too, beautiful. I turned to her, put my arms around her, pulled her close to me and said, Dolly, you've brought a special light into my life. So can we talk about how this might be like Warren Jeffs all over again? And again, you made this comment before it goes into like what he church? was reprimanded by the LDS yeah. for something in the past, yeah. and we're like, what the LDS? Like who we just spoke about? Oh, I, Is he maybe Warren Jeffs' fucking cousin from another mother? Seriously, well, like I mean, or maybe, maybe he was part of his fucking church at some point, and he learned his techniques from him. Well, he definitely learned how to fucking speak like him. He's like my dolly had to just keep sweet and like the same fucking slow talking voice do you learn this in church do all of the sermons yeah like what is this and you know what we haven't you know what we totally missed the fucking whatever bus (laughs) i don't know the saying we didn't say how old jan is yet Okay, oh, yeah. he wrote this letter to Jan, and when he first meets Jan, like a poem. she is 12 years yes. old. 12 years old. You see pictures of her. She is a baby. Like, I mean, nowadays when you see, like, a 12-year-old, I picture, like, not saying, like, they're still fucking innocent children, yeah. but, like, I picture somebody with, like, a cell phone. Mm-hmm. They're wearing, like, you know, a cool, like, beanie too, yeah. and, like, you know, fucking She's, like, wearing, like, an oversized Mickey Mouse shirt and, like, those ugly shorts, like, she's like wearing, bicycle shorts. She's got, like, a little bowl cut. A little bowl cut. You can see that she's just a small child. There's no mistaking that she is just a fucking young kid. So, yeah, yeah like, he has taken a fascination with her the parents seemingly don't give a fuck they find yeah. it disturbing but like that's cool let's invite him He's over for roast. With this 12 year old and again like he can't he, you can't do like people do nowadays where they're like i thought she was like 16 yeah. blah, 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 blah. like no sir she literally looks like yeah. she's like a little small child and baby. he's like 30 something and he's openly just yeah. like i really want to give more attention yeah. to jan the most attention exactly and in the same vein uh b is what the nickname they came up with him because his name is bob their dad's name is bob so he's just b yeah but he calls the mom one day and he says he wants to take little jan horseback riding and jan is so stoked the mom is like well, it's a school night and you have piano, so maybe we do this on a different day. And he's like, don't worry. I'll make sure that she makes it to all of the things and I'll have her back before Bob even gets home. Yeah, because um, we, we want to make sure she's home before Bob. Cause... Exactly. 
Because he's not going to do anything Maybe Bob already has some fucking shady thoughts and he's like, I feel a little uncomfortable. Yeah. But mom is like, go for it. Yeah. And before they get to the stables, he gives her an allergy pill and uh, Jen passes out and she remembers nothing of of even being taken on that ride. Yeah. So she's gone like two days. Like, first of all, as we're going through these two days, we've got like clips of mom and dad talking like mom's just kind of like, okay, she was at home by nine, a little bit concerned. Yes. Gail came over, his wife, and was all like, I'm concerned too, but they're going to come back. It's going to be fine. Don't 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 call the cops. Don't call the cops. Don't call the cops. Don't worry. My husband will bring her home. Day one, they're like, maybe we should call the cops, but no, I don't want to ruffle any feathers. Day two, I don't know. Like, literally, it took... Until, like, she's, like, in day two, she thought about, she yeah. thought about calling yeah. the FBI. Picked up the phone and then was, like, mm, you know what? I'm going to wait a little bit longer. And it was Then just, it was, like, five days. Well, it was funny it, to me, too. Yeah. Like, she's, like, literally skips the cops. She's, yeah. like, calling the FBI. Yeah. And, but at this point, it was Sunday. It had been five days. And they're, like, well, if they're not back tonight, we're definitely going to call the police. Yeah. Um, so we end up meeting at this point, Pete Welsh, the lead FBI spatial agent on the Brogeberg case. Um, he starts interviewing the family about the missing daughter and we hear more about how they know B. And then this is where I wrote my notes. It turns out he's the fucking LDS in the LDS Latter-day Saints church shit. And we're like right back to our last podcast, right where we left off of just... Weird, culty, weird, underage shit, and I'm not into it. Well, this is, yeah, like, mom is absolutely delusional. Through mm-hmm. all of these interviews, she's just like, you know, I just, I knew nothing bad was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I just knew that, you know, yeah, he had her, but he wasn't doing anything bad. And I mean, you know, the community, the community was like, oh, it's fine. But B would never hurt her. She'll be he, back. He just took her on a fucking escapade for a week. Everybody's delusional. And then when they, yeah, when they pointed out the LDS thing, I'm like, um, maybe y'all should be worried. Maybe some of them are like, oh, your daughter's 12 mm-hmm. and hasn't been married off to an older 40 year old man yet. <sighs> that's weird. That's the weird maybe part. Maybe he's courting her. Yeah. Like, like that's the weird part is that he is just looking for his second wife and she happens to be 12 because that's just what we do here. Yeah. Sorry. So I guess the FBI at this point, they're like, you know what? We're going to try and get the ball rolling on this. They start interviewing, um, like, yeah, the family. They interview Gail, who's B's wife, like we said, and they find out that B has a motorhome. So the FBI go to check it out, and it's missing. Gone. Yeah. Uh, they do some more investigating. They end up finding his car, which is abandoned. Yeah. There's blood leaking out of the window, but they notice the window is broken outwards with glass on the outside of the car and not inside which is how the cops would know that, like, if somebody was attacking you and they break the glass to get you, there's going to be glass on the inside of the car. So they know that this is staged to make it look like they they both were kidnapped. Yes, exactly. But they also find uh, tire tracks that match a motorhome right by the car with just one set of footprints, meaning that he carried Jan to the motorhome. So they end up putting out an APB for the borders of Canada and Mexico, and this goes on for... Weeks. Weeks. Which is fucked. <laughs> I hope everybody's enjoying my ASMR shuffling papers as I try to find where the fuck <laughs> I am in my notes. It's honestly like a nice dull rustling of the leaves on a cold fall day. So Literally, I'm into that. all it is is just my scratch writing <laughs> with like little fucking like I'm all about those um, dashes yes. before I start everything. That's important. Yeah. But then like below it, I'll have like 10 sentences without dashes. That means that it's 
part of that dash. It's part of that dash, but it's... It doesn't make any sense. It's just me writing, like, fuck off, Mm -hmm. fuck this, fuck that. Fuck that guy. (laughs) So my question, though, at this point is, like, if he was kidnapped, if they were literally, like, broken the window, pulled them out... Did he just, like, well, why the fuck the Winnebago? Like, yeah. was he just, like, the doctor was, like, now that I've got you, do you happen to have a motorhome that we could borrow? We're not going to steal fucking... your car. No. We want you. We want you. And then and then B's just, like, by the way, I have a Winnebago. Yeah. Okay, let's go get that. Let's go. But right. with one set of footprints, so they know that he was carrying her, and I hate it. So now three <laughs> weeks have gone by, and yeah. friends are coming by. Um, the, like, Jan's family's home offering condolences, but everyone was like, don't worry, don't worry about it. Yeah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about my phone, which I thought I had on silent. She (laughs) made a point. She's like, make sure you turn your phones off, everybody. I broke the first rule of Fight Club. I'm sorry. Uh, But yeah, so mom is delusional again. Community is delusional. She'll be fine. Fuck off. Yeah, go Dad sobbing in the bathroom, in in Um, in her bed meanwhile, though, like just sobbing. He is. He's super broken up about it, but I mean, like, yeah, your daughter's been gone for three weeks, and uh, y'all like, barely called the cops. The only people doing anything are, the, like, the FBI who are, like, we need to try yeah. and find this guy. Speaking of the FBI, good old Pete, like, is asking around about this B character, and the town's just, like, just common knowledge. Oh, yeah, he likes little girls. Yeah. we like, meet, totally yeah. likes little girls. We meet his brother, Bob, and yeah. uh, he has uh, some interesting shit to say. My brother was always a sexual pervert. He always did like little girls. I guess he had a need to fulfill as a pedophile because he was a pedophile and I knew that. So Joe um, goes on to tell us that, yeah, B was a perv, mm-hmm. in his words. Um, and he also used to molest their half-sister who was six years old when B was 12 or 13 um, back in their family home during their childhood. I love that... The brother is like, yeah, I knew he was a pedophile. And the parents are like, yeah, he's had our daughter for three weeks. And, and the community is like, yeah, he likes little girls. And no one Everybody's is... Everybody's chill. No one is literally cracking this guy's neck and, and his body's not missing because that's what I... like. And while the they're fuck? talking about him, like all these conversations, everybody just seems to have like a little glint of love for him oh, in their eyes, oh, which the, we'll go into a little oh, more Oh, yeah. Later. We'll talk about the excitement. You don't worry about that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we find out the yes... Uh, B has been a fucking piece of shit since he was 12 and 13. Um, An FBI dude Welsh uh, says that he had never encountered a case of pedophilia before. He couldn't comprehend it, and he calls it stranger danger. Yeah. Um, uh, And, yeah, we find out more that B had actually tried to get two other girls in Pocatello before their parents had cut him off from the family. Mm -hmm. But these poor fucking... Brobergs. Nobody warned them. Like, okay, Nobody this is a small-ass yeah. little town mm. that they live in. Everybody seems to know that he likes little girls. Everybody has been his neighbor in the past, and, like, they've had to, yeah. like, they've moved because their neighbors are like, stop coming around us and our little girls. But nobody warned them, and they didn't just hear from word of mouth. Like, yeah. there's no way that this small town isn't talking. Like, they probably, this is what I imagine, is, like, the parents, and not to go and put, like, ideas out there, but this is just my opinion. The parents probably, like, heard these little whisperings and were just like, but he seems like such a nice guy. Like, that just seems to be a pattern in this. And, and even if there were no whisperings to the parents, the second he yeah. starts taking Polaroids of your daughter and is like, I'm going to take a little Jan horseback riding. I'm going to take a little Jan on this little vacation. And you're like, well, what about Karen and Susan? Yeah. 
Well, and the second, yeah, exactly. Like, like he's you, taking her on all, like, wants to go on trips all the time. Yeah. Or hang out with her and just, yeah, just Jan. Not even, not even them. Exactly. And before this whole incident, let's go back to June 1973, where Jan accompanied the Birchhold, so B's family, on a vacation to Seattle. My question was, like, before, why is no one else invited? Why are exactly. you just singling out this little girl? And her parents are like, yeah, go ahead, Jan. Go and spend your time with this 40-year-old man and his fucking weird-ass fucking family. family yeah, in and that you all just, like, sleep in the same hotel room in the same bed together. Exactly. And, I mean, the sisters had kind of talked to, like, we kind of get a little bit behind the psychology of this guy. Like, mm-hmm. he's definitely a master manipulator, and he, like... He breaks down this family. Like, he starts, just starts off by, like, separating them. Mm-hmm. And, like, literally physically separating them. So, Jan shared a room with one of mm-hmm. her sisters. They had a huge room, apparently. And he got it in Jan's head as, a, like, a little 12-year-old. He's all like, you're growing up and you're you're becoming a young lady. So, you need your privacy. So, you don't need to if share you like, I'm sister. a really great neighbor, everybody. Um, and a carpenter, parents, too. Do you mind if I build a wall to separate your the daughter so I can sneak into a room at night? Like, yeah. What's so fucked up? So also on the trip to Seattle, we also learn that one night at dinner she starts acting weird, um, mm-hmm. and I'm like, she's clearly been drugged because she's rocking back and forth in this restaurant saying some like nonsense, and this asshole B says, "Oh, I must take her back to the room. She's clearly not feeling well." Yeah, and we hear from Jan that said that that's the first like time. When she had woken up from that daze and she saw him just, like, naked in the room. Yeah. So, yeah, like, just absolutely fucked from the get-go. He's separating the kids. He's taking her away from her family and then slowly doing weird sexual stuff. Yeah. Drugging her. God knows what else. And this is the point where he's like, I need to, like, destroy mom and dad. A hundred percent. Let's get into that. So, 1972, two years before the kidnapping, we find out mom starts bringing him sandwiches at work. Yeah, like, literally, he just, like, moved in, and he's like, I'm hungry. My wife didn't make me a sandwich today. He calls her up. It's 1970. I'm going to call up, call up Marianne. <laughs> 1972. Yeah. This is your job as a woman. Exactly. My woman didn't make the job, didn't do the job, so no. could you bring me a sandwich? Like, that just sounds a little bit, like, bullshit to me. Like, 100%. she's like, it started just with he wanted me to make him a sandwich, but then we start getting into... How he made her feel really good. Like, he started exactly. complimenting her. Telling her how beautiful she is. She's so into it. Like when she's she, talking about this, she's, like, lighting up. She's oh, smiling, she, reminiscing about it. She's got a little it. smile on her fucking mouth, and I want to maybe, like, strike her a little bit. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, like, let's just, like, cut to the chase. They end up starting an, a, bit, a bit of an affair. Yeah. He picks her up. They go driving into the mountains one day, and she says that they park. Um, they start hugging and kissing. He touches her breasts and she loved how exciting it was. Yeah. And that glimmer in her eyes, she's like twinkling. Yeah. She's like reliving it and she's super fucking stoked. Yeah. And things got a little carried away apparently. Mm-hmm. And then... But uh, uh, Marianne isn't the only person that uh, B is taking out for a ride. I'm like just joking around throwing this idea out and Mel's just looking at me seriously. And then we come to find out um, that, you know... B reaches out to Bob and is like, hey, bro, I need to, like, we need to hang out. We need to talk. I'm thinking also, like, he's going to tell him about his wife. He's like, can we go for a ride? Like, I just need to talk to you about some stuff. He says, I I cannot stand my wife. I I need to have sex. I could see that he, he was sexually aroused. 
He says, oh, can you give me some relief? We were laughing and he said, oh, Bob, it's just kid stuff and I've got to have relief. So I was dumb enough to reach over and relieve, relieve him in an act of masturbation. This was the point of the documentary. I think like each time I watched it, I had to pause it because I'm like, dude, that's no fucking problem. If you want to do like some dude on dude stuff, hell yeah, consenting adults. But like, I don't even. This guy must have been the most charming motherfucker that's what I'm in the saying. whole world. Because I don't think Bob wanted to give him relief and stuff. And Bob literally. This guy goes, could talk yeah. to everybody. He could Isn't fucking it? sell shit to a fucking shit, shit factory, factory. <laughs> that already produces pounds. Exactly, of shit. pounds and pounds of shit. <laughs> and Bob says that this is the worst thing he's ever done. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe letting him take your daughter might be worse. That's exactly what I wrote to yeah. you. I'm like, no, how about the worst fucking thing is like letting him hang out with your exactly. daughter. Exactly. Fuck. Exactly. So we don't care that you guys are like fooling around, but I don't think dad Bob wanted any of B's shit and B can just make you do whatever you want. So now B is banging Marianne, and he's banging Bob a little bit, too. Yeah. So the, the both parents have a little bit of a secret with B, which is exactly what he needs. Just to, he's, he's a little spider, yeah. and they're little flies exactly. caught in his little net. And now we know why they didn't fucking call the cops when their daughter went missing. They have a lot of little skeletons in the closet. Yeah. Some more skeletons that came out, too, was um, back in January of 1974, B had been... Um, accused and uh, found to be proven to yeah. be true that he had um, had some involvement with another little girl. Yeah. And the LDS church was like, we're going to reprimand him for this. And like, they're like, yeah. we forgive you. Um, it's, but, you know, we're just going to send you for some counseling. Yeah, you got to go talk to someone. Like, yeah. you're, you're doing some illegal shit that is going to ruin somebody's psyche Maybe potentially for the rest of their lives, but uh, yeah. go talk to somebody about it. You'll yeah. be fine. So um, he goes and gets a psychologist. <laughs> like we're like, okay, cool. He's seeing a psychologist. At least and that's a step in the right direction. Step in the right direction. Except that the psychologist is a quack. <laughs> the psychologist is probably also a perv. Um, yeah, drugging children. But anyways, he's like tells B, who then tells Bob and Marianne. That he needs to be alone with young girls to help work on his issues. That's part of his treatment. That's part of his treatment. Yeah. So he asks Bob and Marianne, <laughs> is it okay for me? This is in January 1974, uh, like months before this uh, abduction. Can I just be alone with your daughter and lay down next to her and sleep? Yes. No fucking problem. And they it's let, cool. They let him. Yeah. They don't give a fuck. Well, they're like, he likes, Bob's probably thinking, he likes men. She's thinking she he likes, likes older women. women. And so they're both like, it's cool. I mean, even if you did think that he absolutely had no interest, but he's literally getting treatment for being with little girls. Yes. They must know that. And well, apparently the whole fucking town does. Everybody they're knows the it. only two people in, in the they state. They want to help B. They're like, B, we're going to help you. We're going to jam. He brought us that one? fruit basket. How could we say no? Yeah, lay in bed with her. <laughs> and yeah, they, oh they apparently God. had no fucking clue yeah bob literally said he had never had any inkling that he had any sexual feelings for jan and i'm like these parents have two brain cells working between the two of them. <laughs> yeah like that's fucking it. fbi agent pete is like 
the Broberg's were naive. Yes. I'm like, naive? Naive is a nice word. They were both dropped on their head several times. Yeah, minimum. <laughs> Children. So according to court transcripts, we actually learned that Robert Birchold slept in Jan uh, Broberg's, Broberg's bed approximately four times a week for six months. And I'm what like, what does, Ga- what does Gail think about this? His wife, Gail. Yeah. What is wrong with anybody? So, yeah, apparently this happened right up until the day she was taken. So October 17th, 1974... Is the day that she goes missing on the way to go to the horse, whatever, yeah. stables. Horse land. Yeah. Horse land, exactly. <laughs> to, to nowhere. Uh, from Jan's accounts, she says that she woke up in the back of a car. She knew that she was moving and her hands were bound and she was so groggy. So at this point, we know that those allergy pills that he was giving her were actually sleeping pills. Yes. And the strangest thing, aside from her just waking up bound in a car, is that she can hear an intercom talking to her, telling her that she has a mission. Yeah, she has a fucking mission. And she thinks that she's kidnapped by a UFO. By UFOs. The voices on it, which are all distorted and weird. An alien. Like, like yeah. what you would imagine an alien. An alien would sound like. Exactly. They actually tell her that she's part alien, and her mission is to have a child by the time she's 16. And if not, the backup plan is that they will take her sister, Susan, if not. They then direct her, go to the front of the motorhome because, you know, the aliens are going to put you in a fucking shabby-ass motorhome on wheels Winnebago, um, and you'll meet your companion. And she felt relieved when she got up there because it wasn't a stranger. Yeah, so just imagine being, like, a 12-year-old child. You're all fucked up. You're Mm -hmm. disoriented. You were tied up, and now you woke up again. You're not tied up. You're hearing these alien voices. They've introduced themselves to Zeta and Zethra. Mm -hmm. Um... Telling her, like, you are one of us. Your mom, you know, was probed by another alien. Your, your dad's dad not is your not dad. even your real dad. Yeah. And, yeah, if you don't do these missions, well, horrible things are going to happen. We're going to come after your sister. Your sister, your whole family is going to be fucked. And you have to go have a baby with the person that you're going to go meet right now. Yeah. So the relief she had, he planned it all perfectly. Cause She's like, could, where am I? Do I don't know anything. And then she gets the relief of... of this is not a, a stranger. familiar face. This is to her my second father. Like yeah. I know this guy and I trust him. And this she's man. like, "Hey, well, I'm going to he, he'll help me." And then yeah. but she, when she finds him, he's laying there looking all passed out, yeah. cut up, cut bleeding. Up. Well, did he I have a question. Did he like beat himself up? Is that what he was doing? Well, no, the right? Window? He broke the window. Yeah. yeah, he broke the window. So he's all cutting, but he's obviously pretending to be asleep. He's staging this mm-hmm. whole fucking thing, obviously, unless, oh. you know, maybe the aliens are real. Well, let's not get into those conspiracy oh, I theories. Know. That's what I wanted Reddit. to originally, and now we're like, <laughs> we're on this path that I'm like, oh god, man, I can't believe we're fucking doing this again. But here yeah, we are. No, this is straight up a fucking crazy person's plot to molest a little girl. Yeah. So she finds him, wakes him up, and she's like, oh my god, like you know, and he's like, did you hear about the miss- mission? He's like, oh, we were literally chosen. we were driving, yeah. and a bright light happened. And they fucking smashed my window, pulled us out, and we were abducted into the bright light. And I was told about this mission. And we I'm an adult, and I'm going to tell you right now, this is real, and we need to do this. We need to I, take my hand. I can't. Let me fucking, let's start our mission. I know. So let's just cut to the chase. Um, B ends up raping Jan. Um, and in her words, she doesn't remember it being violent, like, um, like a lot of the stories that she has heard from other survivors. Mm -hmm. He essentially would only, oh God, I don't even want to say it, but he would only like go into her slightly 
And she essentially would just leave her body and focus through a little fan in the ceiling where she could see some leaves outside. And at this point, I was so fucking angry, even though I already heard it. I already knew it. But just having her recount how the only solace she had would be looking up and seeing these little leaves wavering. And she'd be like, if I can just look at the leaves... I'll be okay. I honestly want to twist his head off and kick it down the fucking He's disgusting. street. disgusting. Disgusting. And we wouldn't even go into these details if it didn't matter later on. Yes. Like, it's fucked, like, what he did to her. A hundred percent. So now it's November 20th. It's day 35 that she's been missing. Um, you had made a comment earlier, like, they're driving? Where are they driving? To Mexico? And yeah, like, he, they went to Mexico and B has married Jan legally in Mexico which is like what yeah what is this like that's fucking crazy and I'm just picturing too I'm like okay he married this 12 year old in Mexico Mm -hmm. and she doesn't even have like memories of this shit like was she even awake during the marriage he just shows up with like a fucking little girl thrown over like a sack, and he's all like marry me to the child please and at the I don't even know how you go to a church and just be like yeah this sleeping girl is my wife Um, I don't have her passport, but it's the 70s, guys. It's the 70s. Mm -hmm. And so he calls um, his brother Joe. To tell him that the marriage has happened, yep. Yeah. And he asks Joe, brother Joe, can you call Jan's parents and ask for written permission to marry her legally in the States? Because um, I will not bring her back until I get that. Yeah, and I can't, like, marry her because she's fucking 12 years old in the States. And we need... Without permission. Yeah. Which is still fucked. Like, it's crazy that you can even marry off your 12-year-old daughter. I know. But, yeah, so he's looking for that permission. Yeah. But uh, Joe saves the day. Yeah, Joe saves the day, but he goes to the FBI and is like, listen, come tap this shit. Come tap this phone. Um, he told and- me I'm in this... City in Mexico. Exactly. But we don't know where, so let's find out. Let's figure it out. So the FBI end up collect, uh, connecting with police in Mexico. They find the motorhome, and they take the two people inside to prison. So 12-year-old Jan and however old fucking B bastard bitch. Fuck. I hate him. <laughs> um, and then B decides to make a little trade with the guard. Yeah. He's like bribes the cops yeah. with his gold ring um, to be able to talk to Jan. And I mean, the guards are like... Would you like to talk to your wife, sir? Because yes, like we we marry twelve year olds here in Mexico, so this is a completely normal conversation to be having. She's in the basement cell, like she hasn't done anything wrong. She's twelve. Yeah, um, and I fucking like I have nothing against Mexico. Yeah, I think they're amazing. But, like, what is this rule about marrying 12-year-olds? I know it's, like, 1974, so, like, I hope things have changed since then. Yeah. But, Jesus Christ, 12 years old? I know. Not to be culturally insensitive, but, like, that's just, it's that's pu- a little pushing pushing, pushing the push fucking, pushing the limits right here. But, yeah, um, so after he trades the ring, he's like, well, I'm going to go talk to my new child bride about the yeah. alibi that we have to cook up uh, for when people start yeah. asking questions. Because now the police are here, and I have a feeling that they might fly you back to your parents. Yeah, and so he's like, let's get our story straight. There are four rules Mm -hmm. that when we get out of here, when your parents come get you, you need to follow these four rules, okay? Um, I don't remember them. Oh, yeah, I've got them (laughs) written down. One, can't talk about the aliens or the mission. (laughs) And you can't talk about the relaxing pills that I gave you, uh, high sleeping medication. And uh, so basically none of the sexual experiences... And then also, you're not allowed to talk to your dad or any other man. I remember that one, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you do, they'll kill her father and make her sister go blind and vaporize her. 
And so, like, your your sister Karen, the oldest one mm-hmm. that he wouldn't be interested in anyway, or the second oldest one. Yeah. He's like, Karen will go blind, dad will be killed, Susan, your, like, other youngest, your youngest sister, yeah. will be taken to complete your mission. Yes. And then you'll be vaporized. And you'll That's be vaporized. Because you can't complete the mission. Exactly. And her biggest fear because of her religion was, well, if I'm vaporized, they'll take my soul and I'll burn in hell. Yes. It was essentially it. So he used the religion against her, which is, like, on top of everything being twisted, now he's literally mentally fucking, like, just, like, emotionally manipulating. Yeah. So when her parents, like, fly down to Mexico, they're mm-hmm. like, we're going to go get Jan. We're going to bring her home. We have our baby back. We're so happy. When they see her, she's got her arms waving. Like, they're crying. Yeah. They're all hugging. But... You know, that doesn't last very long before, like, Jan just, like, snaps into her fucking, like, you know, trauma mode where she's like, oh, no, like, I can't actually, you know, Have a tell them with with my the, dad. I can't look at yeah. my dad. And the dad says in the video, he's like, when she came back, she's not our Jan. And I was a little disappointed. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I'm like, you just got her daughter back. Like, she's been through some trauma and you're and like, you're, you're concerned, about, concerned you. about you. Exactly. Like, she's not our Jan and like leans over to mom, like in the plane. He's all like, this isn't over. Yeah. Like, the, our problems have just begun. Exactly. So when she gets back to the States, they try to annul the marriage. Um, B ends up getting indicted. Jan gets her rape kit done, but they find that her fucking hymen is still intact. Because so that's, yeah. B was careful. That's why he was only slightly like, penetrating. Exactly. Oh, I want to throw up. So no sexual abuse charges. Yeah. Just, just kidnapping. And that was it. Like the yeah. only charges really that yeah. he got. Took her over fucking state lines. And like, that was pretty much it. So the whole time Jan is defending B, she talks about all the fun di- things they did in Mexico to her sisters, but people can tell, like, that something is off about her now. She starts separating herself from her family because she feels like she has to complete this mission. She literally she- is a 12-year-old girl yeah. with the idea that she is responsible for the whole fucking mm-hmm. human race and her family being obliterated. Exactly. And the FBI at this point, while all of the charges are kind of piling up against B, say... Stay the fuck away from him and his family. But then Christmas rolls around. And they do not no. stay the fuck away no. from him. B's wife comes over, Gail, you know, complicit Gail. She comes over and begs them to drop these charges. And if not, they're going to air the dirty laundry between Bob and Bob. Yeah. The car the ride. Bob. The double Bob car ride. And I mean, we're in 1974. We are involved with the Mormon church. Like, that, yes. that to them is literally our lives will be over. Exactly. What is more important? Our child's fucking well-being. mental health and well-being or like us being looked at forever uh, as like the Pillars in the community. Pillars in the community. Yeah. And they've decided that their image is more important. Exactly. They signed the affidavits and essentially... The federal judge and FBI who wanted to go ahead and have this fucking trial, the Brobergs refusing to be witnesses reduces the case to basically nothing. Yeah, there's no case. There's, like, strangers. Like, literally the federal judge was like, fuck you guys, we're still doing this, but couldn't move forward. Strangers are sending them letters. Like, strangers who heard about this in news are like, what is wrong with you people? Mm -hmm. Why are you fucking doing this? And they're just like, can't let the... The jerking off story. Come out to light. Exactly. So B ends up moving to Utah to work, but he'll still come back and visit home every weekend. He becomes a super salesman. Yeah. Super salesman at his brother. The brother who knows he's been a pedophile his whole life is like, he could sell sell cars to anybody. I'll take care of you now that I've gotten you arrested. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You want to know why you're home from Mexico? 
I tapped her the phone, but that's fine. The community, however, is like, oh, sorry you've been sick. I hope you feel better soon. Yeah. He's going to church every Sunday. Yeah. Like, Welcome back. And somehow while he's back, he puts the fucking audio box back in Jan's basement bedroom. Oh, God. So she finds him in her bedroom one night, and they talk about the mission. Mm -hmm. She starts receiving love letters from him at school, which she writes back to. And she, at this point, especially during the letter writing, shifts from that fatherly love to a romantic one. And she tells her mom straight up, I love B, and I want to have kids with him. Yeah, I want to marry him. I want to be with him. He is completely just full-blown manipulated his way into her brain and... It's so sad. She still has that fear that, you know, so so this is my psychological perspective. She's got that fear that if she doesn't complete this mission, that her whole fucking family is going to be like something bad is going to happen to them. So you know what she's doing in her mind? She's like, I can go two ways. I could hate this mission and be miserable or... I can be like, you know what? At least is with him, and at least I love him. These are good things. So she's like, I'll continue my mission because I love him, and she's convincing herself that she loves him. This is what I want because I have to do this to do this. And she's like, I'd rather be in love with him and do this mission Mm -hmm. and just get married and move on with my life and be normal. She wants some normalcy. And what's what is more normal? Either being raped. And, exactly. and having children, alien children, yeah, or marrying and having children and being in love with somebody, that, that can be a normal thing. Exactly. And I'm 12 and I don't know better and I have to do this to mentally survive. So let's go to spring 1975. B starts calling the mom, Marianne again, telling her that he, that he loves her. And she's like, well, like, why did you marry my daughter then? So they meet up so he can explain to her. And then he keeps going. He tells... Marianne, I love you. You're amazing. You're sexy. Look at you. We can have a great life together. Just get divorced. He starts touching her legs. What does she say? They start necking and he fondles her breasts again. And she's getting that fucking look in her her eyes. She's excited. And she says, oh yeah. Oh, by the way, guess where they're having this meeting? In the motorhome. In the motorhome. Where he abducted his the daughter and I mean to begin with when she first started the story she's like I'm gonna call him to have a frank conversation about my daughter literally and then he's all like come meet me yeah and then he's like the same motorhome where he raped your 12 year old daughter guess what happens she goes all the way with B for the first time and has sex and has sex with him yeah probably in the same fucking bed and that makes me so angry that like, you can't make this up, guys. Like, he stole and married your 12-year-old daughter in Mexico, and you go to his motorhome and yeah. fuck him? Get out of here. Yeah. There's Get like, the fuck out. There, there's a line between, you know, everybody's a victim, and, and everybody was played by him, for sure. He manipulated everybody and fucked with their heads. But these are full-grown adults who, Choices, like, in guys. my opinion, everybody in this fucking documentary is guilty except for the fucking children. Yep. 100%. You know? And the parents, you know... As much as you want to feel bad for mom and dad when they're crying during all this, it's like you still... You put your daughter in this position. I'm sorry. And then you still had a relationship with him after after the fact. And then you even upped your relationship to a sexual love affair. How could you fuck a guy... Eight months. Eight months. So, but also, what does uh, B do right after he bangs Bob's wife? He calls him and tells him that. Yeah. Because... This is what he wants to do. He wants to separate them. them. Exactly. And Bob says that this is when the trouble really started. Yeah. I'm sorry. This is where the trouble really started. This guy abducted your kid for fucking like the trouble started when the guy just wanted to hang out with your daughter. Yeah, that's when the trouble started. Exactly. 
Exactly. So like Jamie had said, Marianne tells us the affair with B lasted eight months and she says that she was in love with him. Mm -hmm. And she says this was an exciting time for her and she, again, smiles. I don't think she's ever stopped loving B somehow. I don't know. It just looks so weird. So, yeah, between March 1975 and April 1976, Mm -hmm. when she was having this sordid love affair, fucking B visited Jan nine times and spent the night with her two times and she said that they had intercourse. Yeah. Who's letting this happen? The parents. The parents who are somehow both in love with this man. I honestly, I can't. So Jan does say at this point all of her encounters with him were about sex. Yeah. Um, Bob has kind of had enough of Marianne's uh, affair. He files for divorce. He files a subpoena saying Marianne is endangering the three daughters. Yes. And then what does B do? He calls Bob and threatens that he's going to lose his wife and children. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob hangs up. On him, which I'm like, wow, that's like the most amount of balls you've had in this whole thing. Finally. Minus the car ride. Yeah. <laughs> that's maybe the next This is like a balls. turning point for yeah. the parents, I feel like. Yeah. So um, at that point, even, you know, like B is still trying to like manipulate Marianne. Yeah. He's like, you know what? Take the girls. We're going to get you an apartment down here. I'm going to sell cars. We're going to have a great life. You can have a great wife. Just leave yeah. your husband. And she's like, you know no. No. I refuse to leave my husband and my kids. And that's when she says to herself, I fucked up. Yeah. I fucked up hard. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, you really fucking did. Yeah. So June 1976, 20 months after kidnapping um, Jan, B agrees to plea deal. The judge sentences him to five years, but he that somehow gets reduced to 45 days. Yeah. Because, well, why do we want to protect kids? And let's remember 45 days for later. 45 yeah. days he's supposed oh, to be in yeah, there. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so while waiting for the <laughs> sentence to happen, be by some sort of fun center. A family fun center, family like a water park and an arcade for children. pedophile, <laughs> kidnapping pedophile, now somehow has a license to own a fun center where children will go with their families. I uh, I want to throw down the Can we take a moment? Can we take what? a moment and be quiet and just let the audience just absorb yeah. all the fucking shit? Whoa. Yeah. It's This fun. is all real. This all fucking happened. We're listening to it. You could you could listen to it too. You yeah. watch the fucking movie yourself. Watch like, it, Jesus but Christ, like know is... that you're going to be sweating and stressed and like we're we are. only halfway through the movie. I know. Okay, so Jen wants to go work there also. Yeah. Like, let's just add that in once she finds out, like, oh, he's, like, uh, at a water park. Like, I love him. But she also wants to complete the mission. Mm-hmm. Her parents say, you will absolutely not go there, which I'm surprised. They didn't just yeah. let her do it right away. Um, so she starts kind of fucking kicking off. She starts having... She turns into, like, a teenager. She does. She instantly goes teen, like, but mom, like, what I, like, I fucking need to. So B ends up calling the mom after he finds out that she won't let Jane go. And says, you know what, listen, Jan is going to be on the highway right now and she'll hitchhike over if you don't let her come work for me. So what does Marianne do? Puts Jan on a fucking plane and sends her over to B yeah. to go work at his family fun center. Yeah, Bob says that he's livid but again doesn't do anything Yeah, she, Bob it. comes home and he's like, where's Jan? She's all like, oh, I bought her a ticket to fucking family fun fucking touchy time yeah, center. Yeah, touchy time center. And he's like, oh, well, I'm pretty mad. And again... No one calls the cops. No one drives down there to get their fucking daughter. So Jan stays there for two weeks. During that time, she lives with B in that fucking motorhome. She says that the mission continued, and they end up playing audio tapes of them talking to each other about, like, looking at the stars and the sunset, and I am seriously She was 13 at this time, and I'm, like, listening to her talk, and again, she sounds sounds like like a baby. A baby. 
And, you know, it's it was so disturbing mm-hmm. having to listen to her little voice talking back and forth with him. And I'm just like, it's sickening. It's 100%. sickening. 100%. So um, B ends up telling Jan that he's divorcing his wife and now they can get for real married. Mm -hmm. Um, And when Jan has to go back home, she starts having fits again. In her mind, she has to keep the mission going, has to save the planet, and she wants to genuinely be with B at this point. Like, if you're, imagine, like, at this point, her parents are just like, holy shit, our daughter is just crazy obsessed with this man. Mm -hmm. He's fucked. This is fucked. Um, But, like, little do they know, she literally thinks she's, fucking got the world on yeah, her shoulders exactly and she's like that we're and she can't about talk it. about it she no, can't talk about it that's the that's rule number fucking mm-hmm. three exactly so jan's back home the phone calls of course start up again b's calling marianne and the mom essentially says that he was gonna have her no matter what and you know what that's kind of true she gets kidnapped again yeah august 10th 1976 she's only been home for a couple of weeks and one morning she does not come down for breakfast Mm-hmm. So they run down to her room to see, like, are you sleeping? Like, what's going on? They find a note. But people can kind of tell, like, it's not in her voice, like, the tone of the note, the way that it's been written. Yeah. And um, they essentially think that he dictated it to her of what to say. Yeah. Like, in some of the shits, like, talking about, like, destroy and, like, yeah. it kind of has hints of, like, the world coming to exactly. an end. Exactly. To it. Exactly. So. So B calls and then tells the mom that Jan called him and said that she's running away and he says that he's worried and doesn't know where she is. And the parents tell everyone that she's with her grandma because how dare their family be embarrassed amongst society two times. Yeah, like they literally waited two weeks. Two weeks before they contacted the FBI again. Yeah, Marianne said that she didn't want it out in the press again. Yeah, we don't want this out there, you know. And during this time... Um, that she's been missing, yep. nobody knows where she is, fucking B finally goes into jail to yep. serve his time. Exactly. So I'm like, oh, okay, what is she going to do for 45 days? Because he clearly has her somewhere. Yeah. But no, he doesn't serve 45 days. He only has to serve 10, ten fucking days. I can't. So he disappears after this 10-day stint in jail somewhere in Salt Lake City. Um, the FBI end up tapping the Broberg's phones because he constantly calls. And we get audio of the most chill, like just chillax convo between a mother whose daughter is missing and the pedophile who keeps taking her. Hello, Broberg. Hi, Marianne. Yeah, this is Bob. Hello, B. How are you? Well, not very good. <laughs> I just got through talking to Jan. Oh, you did? Did she tell you at all where she was? I think Jan's done some things that she doesn't want to tell me about. Hmm. She was stealing for a living of prostitution and selling dough. Oh, my goodness. I asked her, I said, honey, how are you getting your money? And she says, hard. Oh, dear. Oh dear is fucking right. Oh dear. How can you be so chill talking to the man who's clearly probably holding your daughter and is just fucking calling you bullshitting saying, I don't know where she is, or, blah, blah, blah. When I talked to her last, she said she's selling dope prostituting and, and fucking she's working hard for her money. Like, Jesus Christ. And she's just like, oh dear. And you made a fantastic point when we were watching this. You're like, I think that he's making it sound like she's living such a hard life trying to get to him Mm -hmm. that it would just be easier if the parents let her have or let him have her in the end. Yeah, she's like, you know what? I can't be with him. Fine then. I'm going to go live by myself until you give me permission to be able to be with him. And in the meantime, I'm going to be prostituting, selling drugs, fucking 
you know, doing dope, blah, 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 all the things that he's saying that she's doing. And you know what? If if you let me marry him or if he's like, I'll find her. And if you let me marry I'll, her, I'll, I'll take her care of her. Life. And I will. And you know what? She's like going on like 14 or 15 mm-hmm. maybe at this point. Like we're Mormons. This is like getting almost to the age where we could probably start talking about marriage. Like, 100%. Let's just let this go. Exactly. So remember the FBI has tapped the Broberg's phone. And they actually find the trailer park that B's staying at and they start surveillance on his motorhome thinking like, she's got to be here. We're going to see her come and going, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, They also search the van. They find poster-sized photos of her in her little like poses and I just I'm like yeah. gonna throw up and you know it's funny too like I mean the fo- it's not funny fuck it's not funny but the photos that like they're finding and stuff like that the big poster size yeah. ones like they're like at her youngest age yes like she's getting older and older in yeah but he's keeping like her in his memory like As, at like, that a young fucking age child. Uh, can we also know that she's been gone for months again yeah. at this point? Months, months. Months. So November 11th, 1976, surveillance catches B going to a payphone. Um, they end up checking it when he's done for clues, and they actually find a phone book open with a number scrawled inside. So they call it, and it's a Catholic school in California. For girls. Exactly. So we hear from Jan how she was abducted the second time, first-person account. She woke up the night of her disappearance... And B was at her window and he helped her crawl out. He then drove the two of them to California, enrolls her at an all-girls school under a different name, and tells the nuns that he is a CIA agent. Jan is his daughter and they escaped Lebanon where her mother was killed. So please take care of her because he has to go off do the CIA stuff. Yeah, and if anybody comes looking for her, they're the bad guys that are coming for us. From Lebanon. But I'll be by every weekend to visit her. Visit her. So, the FBI are straight up like, fuck this. They arrest him for breaching probation. Yeah, no shit. And Jane is taken home. Um, when she walks back in, she just goes straight She's to her fucking room. Pissed. She's pissed. She avoids her mom, goes right to her room, shuts the door, and she just felt like she was failing this mission. You guys foiled my plans again to yeah. fucking make a baby with the human man. The human and old man. I, you're all going to die now. Yeah. Jan 23rd. Jan. And I'm like, Jan 23rd. I don't even want to say Jan. January 23rd, 1977. Uh, Jan has been home for 40 days at this point. Um, and uh, Bob gets a call that his store is on fire. And it's just a straight, like, five alarm blaze or whatever the you The whole call thing it. is going down, like, all of their mm-hmm. fucking money and hopes and dreams. But you know what? We finally get a touching moment between the yeah. family. And it touches Jan in a certain yeah. way. Like, yeah. Bob apparently is holding his wife and his, like, three girls and holding them and looking at it. And he says... Let it burn. Let it burn. I have everything I need need in my arms right now. Mm -hmm. And Jan's like, holy fuck, I did this and this is my fault. Me not being able to complete the mission has caused the aliens to come down. Yeah, Yeah. they're like, oh, we tried to kill Bob. So now she thinks the aliens are fucking after them. Exactly. So Bob knows deep down in his heart that it's B who's done this, even though he's in jail. And we find out, the FBI track it down, but they find out that B hired two men to go burn his store down. Mm-hmm. So um, the hearings end up starting and is all over the news. And because nobody will testify because of the skeleton in the closet, he is acquitted. And they say that of he all has charges. all charges and they say that he has a mental defect. Like he, he had like several charges, including impersonating a CIA yeah. agent. How do you get acquitted of doing that when you yeah. do that? It's on paper. Arson for hire. Not yeah. to mention two kidnappings yeah. at this point. And I don't think, like, yeah, like, his the arson thing never got back to him because, like, they knew, 
but the the guys, yeah, the criminals were they like, yo, we're not them. going to jail exactly. and being snitches. Yeah, exactly. Like, snitches get stitches. Yeah, 100%. So he's ordered into a mental facility June 1977, and he's released after six months. Yeah. So we get a little bit of audio that I don't really give a fuck about because I hate this guy. We find out a bit about his history, that he yeah. was sexually abused when he was younger, and I'm like, okay, that sucks for you. And I do feel for you, the child version of you that was, yeah. like, essentially murdered. And he's murdered. like, oh, yeah, I was treated like an outcast. I didn't even sleep in the house. But when my mom got sick, I had to take care of my little sister. And as long as I took care of her, I would be allowed in the family. So, like, when I, you know, go to a bad place, it makes me feel better to take care of little girls. Yeah. Like, uh, fucking... You can... That's like, your problem. Donate... Not the little girl's problem. Donate to Chio. Yeah. Take care of children by donating. Don't go abducting children and fucking raping them. Anyways... Um, he's away for a little bit. Um, we know that he's gone for six months. And again, Jan is getting older. She's starting to realize that his manipulation was kind of bullshit. Yeah, he starts losing interest. Like, not calling mm-hmm. her as often, not fucking being stocky in the night. Exactly. But her 16th birthday rolls around and she's thinking the aliens are now coming. Like, th- th- listen, her mission was get pregnant by 16. She thinks that they are coming to get her. She's not pregnant. They're going to have to fucking, like, take her sister instead, whatever. But she wakes up on her birthday, nothing happens. Mm -hmm. And she realizes slowly that none of this was real. So she ends up telling her sister, she tells her parents, and now she kind of realizes that this pedophile tried to... Oh, wait, yeah. At this point, when I think they asked her in the interview, and she realizes that he tried to engage in sexual encounters with her um, for his own means, not for the mission. Like, just this was what it was. She's a kid. He's an older man. And they probably had encounters over 200 times. Which over 200 I, times. I can't even imagine it. Exactly. Ooh. And, like, like you said, she just, like, as she was getting older, like, I think they said that she went to, like, a camp and met a yes. boy. And that's when she starts freaking out. She's like, holy fuck, I'm, I'm not supposed to talk to, I'm I'm not not supposed to, talk. Talk to boys. I'm not pregnant. And I didn't so she calls her parents everything. frantically, like, seeing if anything bad's happened to them. Mm-hmm. Nothing's bad happened. And I think there's, like, one fucking creepy moment where she says, okay, my 16th birthday's coming up. Mm-hmm. And they said they're going to take Susan if I don't fucking complete the mission. So you know what? I'm going to go out and buy a gun. And if I don't fucking, if they come for me from on my 16th birthday to yeah. evaporate me and take Susan, I will shoot Susan and kill her and then kill myself. To save I, us to both. To save us both and our souls. How sad is that? Yeah. Like, but then nothing happened. But then, then nothing happened. she told her parents. Exactly. Like, what the fuck? This is, I'm it's, 16 and nothing happened. It's just insane. So let's fast forward a lot. Let's fast forward 28 years later and learn a bit about what Jan is up to now. The cycle of shame and abuse ends with me. My name is Jan Broberg and I was abducted and brainwashed as a child by a trusted family friend. In the foreword of our book, Mom's book... So Jan and her mother, Mary Ann, go on to write a book and go on to go to do several speaking mm-hmm. events. Um, they're really, you know, they're advocating together. for other people who've also gone through something similar and they are taking their experiences. Like you said, they're, they're trying to heal from they're this. They're trying to heal. Like, I mean, Jan is such a fucking badass. Like she even says she's like, you know. My healing was done by helping my parents heal. Yeah, because they because they felt, felt like just shit. felt like shit. Yeah. Like they could have just been like you know what we did, like just lived in fucking guilt land. Yeah, which you know 
just they need to feel guilty Mm -hmm. but they don't need to live with that forever and she's like I'm gonna help bring them out of it and I'm gonna make all of us stronger and she does that and her whole family fucking builds up and they start they write a book they're doing all these fucking events but guess who doesn't want to let them heal from it fucking fun cock block of the world B starts showing up to the events He starts saying that all of this isn't true. He starts threatening them. He goes on the news saying that this is all libel. And he writes fucking like actual leaflets, pamphlets, and puts them on cars all over town saying that Bob jerked him off. Exactly. (laughs) So Jan straights up, like she files a restraining order against him. And not only does she get that restraining order, but instead of just the usual three years that they usually lay that shit out, it lasts the rest of his foreseeable life. Yeah. So um, she starts, actually she gets a little bit of backup um, at her events. Uh, the Bikers Against Child Abuse start chaperoning her, and one of the members sees B yeah. pulling up. And they're like, so, there he is, let's there get him. Is. So this one guy jumps on the roof of the car, and like Loki gets a little bit run over. Um, but Birch told um, B was arrested and charged with three felonies and two misdemeanors for having a gun in the car because, you know, bitch, you're probably still on probation for the shit that you did years ago, even though you only spent, like, five months in jail. Yeah. You can't have a gun. Yeah. So. No, he can't have that. No. And Bershold's like, there is no fucking way I'm going to jail. If I go in there, I will exactly. I will be dead in a day. Exactly. So he's like, I'm going to do it my own way. A hundred percent. He's meant to come back in a week after he's guilty. And uh, he takes all of his heart meds and some Kahlua and milk and commits suicide. Yeah, death by Kahlua. Death by Kahlua. I mean, it sounds sweet, but, like, he deserved to rot in fucking jail. Yeah, because, like, I was going to say, Kahlua without the pills would just be, like, a fucking shit hangover. Yeah. But, like... He deserves that every day forever. Yeah. So we do also learn that six women have come forward saying that they've also been abused by Bob Birchold. We find out that... Um, he'd actually previously also spent a year in prison for the rape of an underage girl. One so, year for one the year. rape of, and 10 days for what she did did with her. 10 days, five months for the, like, the impersonation, whatever, like, stuff that he was acquitted on anyways. And then he was free for the 28 years stalking her, yeah. going to all of her events, saying that everything she Being was doing Being reprimanded by the church for, like, you know, yeah. trying to hang out with little girls and, yeah. you know. So... It's just, okay, I know that the family fucked up so hard they did, but is it not society and, like, the cops and the court's job to keep men like this in prison at all costs? That's the thing, and, like, I hear it all the time whenever I'm watching documentaries or listening to podcasts, and there's so many court rules and fucking judicial rules that we have to follow because they protect us but they also fucking protect the bad guys like there's things that like you know if you're literally you know not guilty and there's like no blah 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 they don't have this proof or this or that like it's put in place to protect people who maybe but you know what in the end it only helps these fucking pedophiles and it puts people who are fucking like minorities fucking people like in jail for life in jail for life for like selling pot because they're not given the same fucking respect as like a shitty white guy a white guy who's literally how many fucking we said six girls um the one girl he actually went to jail with for rape jan's multiple kidnappings all of this shit he's done and this guy barely faced what like two years in jail in total yeah it's just insane, guys. So we're going to um, try and end this podcast with some resources to help out um, any victims of sexual assault. 
Um, Mel, if you want to share some of that info. Yeah, so I figured we wouldn't keep it local, but actually hit an organization that does worldwide. You know, we've got some listeners all over the place, and maybe an Ontario hotline wouldn't be the best. So this one is for RAIN. They are the National Resources for Sexual Assault Survivors and their loved ones. And you can um, actually call them at their hotline, which is 800-656-HOPE. Um, They have a website with resources like whether or not you are a survivor, whether you want to look into actually doing some consultation and training with them, getting involved, any safety and preventions, and just a bunch of... If you want to donate as well to their organization, we'll link that in our description of the podcast. 100%. Yeah, donations, they've got live chat, all about that stuff. And yeah, like at least we can end that with something a little bit more hopeful instead of being like, cool. Yeah, and, you know, just want to end, too, on, again, everybody in this documentary were Jan and her family members all talking about this. You know, um, they've all went through this together. They are all strong and together, and they're still, like, a tight-knit family, and they've worked through this, and, you know, they're living good lives now. Yeah. So it's nice to know that um, they've managed to come on top after Mm -hmm. all of this shit that's happened to them and, um, fucking shit face is dead. Yeah. And wherever he is in the universe, I hope it's painful and horrible. (laughs) I hope he's been fucking probed by like bad aliens. Oh, I hope some aliens took his life life. source and that's it. He's getting like razors in his butt or something like that. Forever. Forever and Laser razors. Exactly. And, um, next month, is December. So we're gonna fucking throw some Christmas theme shit at you yes. guys. Let's do some like Christmas erotica. Yes. We'll do a Christmas movie. I've got a couch commentary. Yeah. Mel wants to show me a movie. She's dying to show me. Yes, this. I know I mentioned it in our 31 days of horror, mm-hmm. but we're gonna go over to Sweden for a nice little Christmas tale, which is just touching and heartwarming and everything that these documentaries we've been covering haven't been yeah and maybe we'll do like a fucking maybe we'll do like a minisode two somewhere in there because you know four episodes isn't enough yeah. there's so much fucking to talk about yeah. at christmas but maybe we'll do like a top 10 or top thir- 31 days of fucking christmas yeah ah! i don't think i have 31 days of anything christmas, oh there's the, there definitely is like there's enough christmas movies okay amazing. Fucking, there's like scary christmas movies there's tons and stuff like that and like nightmare before christmas yeah and yeah stuff we'll like do that it we've we've got it even if we, it's got to be the 12 days of christmas yes let's do 12 Woo! Woo! good plans i high five you but my hands are so, so sweaty I right now say the same thing i was like don't touch me don't touch me <laughs> anyways uh, life can sometimes almost always be garbage. But uh, you don't gotta be trash. You don't gotta be trash. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye.